Hi all, and welcome back. Towards the beginning of a new series, people often want to start with a bang. But we thought it might be more interesting for us to start with a whisper. Or maybe even quieter than that. Today's show is all about silence. I want you to try an exercise. Step outside your door, wherever you are, and so long as it's safe to do so, close your eyes and listen. How quiet is the place that you live? My name is Juno. I live in Dublin. It's evening time, and this is what it sounds like, where I live. What were you able to hear? Did you notice that your own silence actually became filled with cars, people, and a general low fog of rumbling movement? A noise that was always there, but how often do you really think about noise? It's interesting that we don't think about sound always when we're thinking about pollution. You know, we think about our water, we think about our air, we think about things that are seeping into the ground, but rarely does noise get put into that equation. And I think that's for some interesting reasons, but it's important that we bring noise into the conversation about pollution because it has really severe impacts, not only on human health, but also on the health of all animal species and birds. A study from the University of Auckland showed that the pandemic afforded the planet a brief pause in noise pollution. You probably remember it from this time last year. As many daily activities came to a halt during lockdown, the earth itself became quiet. Probably quieter than it has been since humans developed the technology to listen in. Scientists dubbed it the anthropause because it's the longest and most prominent anthropogenic noise reduction on record. And not just in cities, but in some of the world's most remote places, including sub-Saharan Africa. As things started up again, and stopped, and started again, the noise rose and fell. But what does it mean for us? For today's show, we're going to cross the Atlantic. My name is Matthew Mickelson. I'm the executive director of Wilderness Quiet Parks at Quiet Parks International. I'm a sound designer, audio engineer, and documentary filmmaker. I guess podcasts and radio aren't always the best way to give you a visual, but people have given Matt the nickname Sasquatch. If you could see me, you might understand why people have called me Sasquatch, but I'm a very tall, large human man uh, with a lot of facial hair, a lot of hair on my head, and when I have my hair down and with my beard, I just, I kind of look like Sasquatch. You might be wondering what this has to do with the environment. Matt? I was a musician. I wanted to be a musician. I'm still a musician. Uh, But I kind of realized at some point that I wasn't quite good enough to make a living playing music. So I got into recording music and radio production and sound design for film. And then I realized at some point along my path of learning about that at university that I was setting myself up for a life spent inside. And that was kind of a hard pill to swallow. Um, I've always loved being outside, hiking, climbing, backpacking. Just time spent outside is something that I've always really needed as a human. So I kind of set out to find a way to merge this love that I had of sound and music and recording technology and my love of the environment. And I was trying to find a way to help combat climate change, essentially, and protect and conserve public environmental spaces and outdoor spaces through work in sound. And that's how I came across Gordon Hempton and his work, um, as well as the work of other soundscape ecologists that realized at some point that we're losing the ability to listen to nature without noise pollution. 
Soundscape ecology is really the study of how sound impacts the way that we or a species or a subspecies, anything moves about the world. How sound impacts an environment is probably the simplest way to explain soundscape ecology. My name is Adam Broderick. I live in Monagay, County Limerick. And this is what it sounds like outside where I live. The quality of the silence you live in is really influenced by whether you live in the city or in the country, or you decide to go somewhere special to find it. Mass does a huge amount of work in a place called the Ho Rainforest. Oh my gosh, the Ho Rainforest is... um just thinking about it now, it like makes me take a deep breath um, because it's really unlike anywhere that I've ever been before. And I've had a real privilege of being in so many wilderness areas and traveling a lot to experience these very rural, quiet places. But the whole rainforest is really special because it's like stepping into a time machine, I always say. Um, and that time machine brings you back to a point before human settlement. It's before industrialization. It's before we started harvesting resources from these forests. Even just a quick Google search of Ho Rainforest, United States, will show you that moss is painted on all these trees and hanging down, you know, 20, 30 feet off the branches. And there's so many shades of green, you lose count of them. It's really so fantastic. I love being in the rainforest when it's raining. And it's the kind of rain that really never stops and you can never be dry. No matter how many rain jackets or umbrellas you have, you're you're always gonna be a little bit wet. But it's kind of magical to be in that ecosystem while it's raining because you can tell that it's meant to be that way. It receives like 12 or 14 feet of rain per year. It's meant to be wet and raining. I've also been in the forest when it's unseasonably dry. And we've seen that happen more and more as climate change becomes more and more evident that it's not receiving the same amount of rain that maybe it used to or that it should. So I've been there when all the mosses have turned kind of gray and brown and the trees don't look as happy and the ground is not muddy, it's parched and dusty. So it's a really interesting place that you can see climate change so viscerally happening the more and more time that you spend in it. So what does an area of unspoiled natural beauty have to do with silence and how does it affect you? So for human health, I mean, we know that if you're exposed to high levels of noise, you have a higher risk of developing cardiac issues, your stress hormones are increased, you have difficulty concentrating. All these things are well documented and very interesting. When it comes to a natural place like the Ho Rainforest, all animal species and birds have evolved to vocalize obviously for certain reasons, Uh, whether that's for mating, finding food, scaring a predator. They've evolved to occupy a certain portion of like the frequency spectrum. So birds occupy this very high range in the frequency spectrum. You know, owls, while they have wings, occupy a much lower place in the frequency spectrum. Things like elk and different types of mammals that we have occupy different spaces in the frequency spectrum. Everyone has their part, you know? It's like an orchestra. Like, you think about the violins are kind of up here, the cellos are a little bit lower, the the basses are here, and every instrument has a slot, so they're not overwhelming each other. What noise pollution does is it prohibits certain species, depending on what type of noise pollution it is, from communicating effectively. For instance, owls use sound to hunt and find food. Owls have like laser sharp hearing. They can hear mice scattering in bushes like hundreds of feet away from them. 
as soon as a little bit of noise pollution enters an area, it can have the amount of feeding ground that an owl is able to have just from a little bit, like a very small amount of noise pollution. And that owl then has to work harder to find food. It doesn't find food as frequently. And you can extrapolate that to like all sorts of animals and bird species. The energy that the environment spends communicating, it's diverse and very important. And as soon as we prevent that from happening, you can almost think about it like a dam. When we allow noise pollution to enter a wilderness area, it's like damming a river. The communication chain gets messed up and animals aren't used to that and have a harder time dealing with it because of noise pollution. Matt's inspiration is Gordon Hempton. Gordon Hempton is a soundscape ecologist. He's an Emmy award-winning sound recordist, and he spent the past, oh, three or four decades now uh, recording uh, what we call the last quiet places on Earth. Gordon realized at some point that we were losing the ability to listen to nature without noise pollution, and he set out on a quest to find all the last quiet places, places that don't experience levels of noise pollution like we're used to, and he realized that there's so few of them left that it was like his mission in life to document them before they disappeared. It's a never-ending journey, and I'm on the journey as well with him. One of the most important projects begun by Gordon, and now continued by Matt, is the Irish Project, One Square Inch of Silence. One Square Inch of Silence was a research project started by Gordon Hempton when he realized that by trying to protect just one square inch of space, just a little tiny bit of space from noise pollution, you're effectively protecting a very large area from noise pollution because of the way that sound works. So if you can prevent an airplane from flying over just a small one square inch, you prevent that airplane from flying over hundreds of square miles around that. One square inch of silence is uh, located in Olympic National Park, which is, if you look at a map of the United States, like the most northwestern corner of the United States is Olympic National Park. And there's this very ecologically special area called the Horain Forest, full of old growth trees that are 800 years old and bigger than a car in terms of their width. And Gordon found this area, and for a lot of different reasons, it was a place that he knew was worth protecting from noise pollution because it experienced it so infrequently. One of the reasons it's special is that there are no roads that go through the park. There's a road that circles it, and then a few roads that kind of jut into it at a few different places, but no roads that go all the way through it. The only noise that happened is when a plane flies over, and that only happened, you know, once or twice a day. And that was the the start of One Square Inch of Silence, was recognizing this place as a place that you could go and visit and experience the sound of nature without any human noise, which is a really rare thing to be able to experience these days. When we go to One Square Inch of Silence, we're effectively probably at least five miles on every side from the nearest human activity. How many of you, when you stepped out your door, were actually greeted by proper silence? Phoenix Park in Dublin, Saturday, midday. Listening to the sound of Phoenix Park recorded with Dr Shane a few weeks ago, he can hear a whole lot of things, but not silence. Some crows fighting overhead, rustling leaves underfoot, but behind it all, that ever-present rumble of traffic isn't just adding pollution into our air, but it's also infecting your ears. 
so much that we tend to block it out. Silence is normally at night time because you can hear a lot of noise in the daytime, such as any siblings or the television, maybe your cooker or your stove. You can hear the fridge opening, doors closing, wind, birds talking and things like that. And I have mixed feelings about silence because it's nice at times because for me I can't hear my little brother then and I can focus on more things such as my art and homework. But then if you're a sensitive person like me, you kind of get a little scared if you hear like rustles in the night or the wind or the birds. It's just background, but it separates us from silence and what silence can do for our well-being. Silence makes me feel a lot of things. In fact, all the things, I think. And that's kind of the beauty that I've personally found about quiet, is that we don't get quiet in our day-to-day. Pretty much no one in the modern world, regardless of what country you live in, gets a proper dose of just quiet every day. The World Health Organization has different metrics that they use for what's healthy and what's unhealthy when it comes to noise levels. But the best kind of test that I can say is like, go find a quiet place and just sit there. And what I say is it becomes so self-evident why it's important. And for everyone, it's a little bit different. But for me, when I'm in a quiet place, every time, every time I'm in a quiet place, it doesn't get old. I just, um, I take this breath. And with that breath, I'm just allowed to be who I am, where I am, all of the issues that are seemingly really large in my day-to-day life about work and family and whatever else I'm stressed about, they kind of, they don't go away, but they become placed in a way that's really reassuring. And I've had the experience of like bringing people to quiet places before, both as like a guide um, where they've actually hired me to bring them to One Square Inch of Silence or with different media crews and, and podcasters and things like that who have taken to One Square Inch of Silence. And more times than I can count, there have been tears involved because it's such a release. It's like this really life-changing experience. How many of you would like to be able to find that kind of silence? We've nominated around 200 places around the world that we think could potentially be quiet places. But just in the United States alone, when we're talking about wilderness quiet areas, which are places nearly devoid of human noise most of the time, there's probably less than 15 in all of the United States, which is shocking because we have a lot of public and very wilderness areas here in the United States. What other steps could we take to get a little bit closer? It could be a cool exercise for you to try. Do you reckon you could find a really quiet place somewhere close to where you live? Yeah, like record the quietest spot you can find, you know. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Our garden is right next to a forest, and at the very bottom of the forest, there are these bars that you can sit on under a 200-year-old chestnut tree. My mum and her sister and her friends loved to hang out down there, and my cousins and I do as well. It's very nice if you want to be in nature. I'm Maeve. I live in Mayo. This is what it sounds like where I live. We've had some amazing recordings of places around Ireland that we've used during this episode. If you'd like to share yours, email them to junior at rte.ie. 
Part of Matt's job is actually doing just that. He heads into the wilderness to gather sounds and he brings along an unusual companion, Fritz. Fritz is the name that we've given one of our microphone systems. And if you've ever seen a picture of a like a mannequin dummy head, there's pictures of me all over the internet with this weird dummy head microphone called Fritz. And Fritz is special because he hears the same way that we humans hear. He's literally a head and he has skin density ears, like actual ears. They're molds of someone's ears. Inside of those ears are microphones. So when you set up Fritz to record, he hears the world the same way that we hear the world. And I believe the name Fritz actually comes from the German engineer whose ears were molded for the microphone system. This kind of recording is known as binaural. If you want to hear more, look up Virtual Hairdresser and make sure to listen with your headphones on. I try not to be so biased about the sounds. I used to be really like, oh, I only record natural sounds. And then I spent three months recording all the major cities in the United States, which taught me that there's a lot of information and beauty to the sounds in cities. You know, even just in one country, they all sound so different. And there's information that's valuable there to to pick up. We're going to talk a lot about art in this series to focus on the positive messages we can get out there about the climate crisis and the actions that we can all take. Matt, why do you think art matters in discussing the climate crisis? Art is just as important as any of the scientific studies and research, I think, that's happening in regards to climate change. And, I mean, the reason that is is that art has always been equally important in social change and in global change. I can't think of any sort of revolution, whether it's country, global, social, culturally, any sort of change that's happened on any of those scales that happens without art. Art is so crucial because it helps us develop empathy and it helps us visualize things or or think of things that we hadn't thought of before and recognize the importance of things. I always find that art like puts me in a different mindset and I view myself as kind of this artist scientist hybrid because I really do view what I do with my sound recording as art but it's also very scientific and there's data to be collected and all these things. Neither of those parts of my job are more important than the other. They're both so important. Art makes us care about things, you know, like art speaks to our souls and science speaks to our brains. We need the science to help us enact change and tell us what can we do but art tells us that we need to do something. And the overlap of that in when we talk about climate change and climate science and activism is more apparent now than ever. Like, we need to be creating art. We need to be engaging with science. The whole rainforest feels quite distant, because it is. But I wonder, could we bring a part of it to where each of you lives? Even if you can't access a deep wilderness area, our goal at Quiet Parks International is to help you find a quieter spot where you can have this experience. And I think we all deserve that right now, is to be able to take that deep breath, to be able to just kind of let go, but at the same time recalibrate. Quiet is a place where I can can be myself and a place that gives me clarity on all of the things happening in my life. My name is Harry Tompkins and I live in Enniscorthy in County Wexford. And this is what it sounds like outside where I live. Since the first episode of Ecolution, we've spoken about how every one of us can and does influence the environment in all directions, for good and bad. 
but it's really easy to feel separated from it. I always talk about when we declared an inside versus an outside, that was a big turning point for us as a species in protecting our environment. Like when we can go into our homes and close the door and say, oh, I'm inside, I'm safe now. It's a disconnect from what's happening right outside, which is climate change and pollution and all these things that we really need to be aware of. So to think about our home is not just the apartment that I'm in right now, but my home is also the whole street, the woods up the road, the mountain over there. All these things are my home and I need to take care of them because there is no inside versus outside when it comes to climate change. It's all one place. If only there was an exercise we could all do, wherever we were, to help focus on the silence and the noise pollution that's all around us. One thing is, like, I think people get discouraged a lot when they want to find quiet and they can't. But a lot of times quiet's also a mindset. So one thing that you can do to try and find quiet and just become aware of what you're hearing, first is you're going to close your eyes. And by closing your eyes, your brain is able to focus more on the other sensory information that you're getting, like your hearing. And hearing is very special because it happens 360 degrees around you at all times. Like you can close your eyes, but you can never close your ears. Most of us, when we have to wake up early for work in the morning, we set an alarm, which makes a sound that triggers our brain to say, okay, it's time to wake up. Hearing is a very powerful and underutilized sense when you want to find out information about the world around you. A fun little exercise that I do all the time and I tell people to do all the time is you close your eyes and first you listen to the most present sound, the loudest sound that you can hear. So if I'm sitting here in my office right now, maybe it's the hum of my computer or a hard drive and then maybe it's the heater in my house or my refrigerator. And as I start to listen further and further away from me and pick up the fainter and fainter information, you'll realize that there's so much happening in the world around you all the time. And you can hear sounds that are happening miles and miles away. You can hear an airplane that's flying 20 miles away from you, even though maybe it's not the thing that comes to your mind first. So think about listening as almost you're painting this picture with something that's very close to you, a little bit further away, a little bit further away, until you're listening to the faintest sound that you can hear. And then do it in reverse. See what comes through to you on the way back and listening from the faintest sound that you hear all the way to the the closest sound that you hear. Just sitting and listening and being aware of your surroundings, I think gives a lot of calm a lot of the time to at least me and a lot of other people I know as well. Starting this new season, we're in a pretty tricky place in relation to the environment. It's really easy to feel quite down and upset at things that are happening with the climate crisis across the world. And that positive change isn't happening fast enough. Being able to have confidence that climate change is an issue that we can work with, that we can try to mitigate, slow down, improve, it's hard to have hope. A lot of times, especially like for me working in an environmental and conservation kind of world, this is like every day for me. I feel like uh, sometimes it's a struggle to like get up and be like, okay, another day, what can we do today to try and make this world a better place um, for our kids, for our grandkids, and slow down what we know is happening. And it's even harder when we have certain countries, none to be named exclusively, that um, their leaders don't believe in climate science when it is so beyond clear. It's a a really difficult place to be in. I have a lot of hope though, um, especially when I see younger people these days. Um, And I'm relatively young myself, I'm 26 years old, so I'm not, that much older, but 
seeing the kind of uh, motivation that these young folks have, these climate activists have, the resources that they have at their disposal. You know, I really wholeheartedly um, am so honored to work with them and to be able to speak to them today, but also just to be impacted by them. And their work is like, I'm very hopeful because of them. Quiet Parks International might be one small step some of you could take in a solo or classroom-based climate action. You know what's funny is I think Ireland is one of the places where I don't have many connections. And part of what I'm hoping that I can do is like ask people to reach out. If you're interested in this, you want to learn more, you don't need any qualifications other than that you want to find and protect quiet places. If you care about this, we have an urban quiet parks program that's trying to recognize quiet areas in cities. We have quiet trails. We have all these different things and ways to get involved. And we are a 100% volunteer organization right now. Like all the people that we have all over the world just really care about this issue. So if you're at all interested in learning more, no commitment required, reach out to me. Like my email is matt at quietparks.org. I will respond to your email. I'm just a guy sitting in an office in Wyoming. I would love to hear from you. So anyone who's inspired to help at all, let me know. I'll do some research. I'll find some places to send you in in Ireland to explore. I'd really love to do that. And then I'll come myself because it's been on my list of places, uh, high on my list of places for a long time. So why not rise to the challenge? Does your school, your class, your friends or your neighbours know of places that you could turn into a quiet park? Your first step is to listen then maybe get in touch with quietparks.org to see how you can get involved. But don't forget to keep us in the loop. Email junior at rte.ie. I know my homework for this week. Get Mipsy outside and get listening. With all of the people I've spoken to over the past months preparing for this new season, one thing remains constant. Young people like you and me are the ones working each and every day to make a change. It's inspiring and I'm really grateful for you and people like you. I'll leave the final word to Matt, and I'll see you next week. What I'm seeing about a lot of the young climate activists, but also activism in all sorts of fields, is that it's not about like how many hours a week they're doing it, how much sleep they've gotten, what kind of money they're making, like all this stuff. When you love something and you know it's important, none of that matters. You know, when I go out recording and I'm really, I've hit a great spot or I'm feeling inspired, I'll like look at my watch and realize I've been standing still in the same place for three hours. No drinking, no eating, no moving at all. It's almost like uh, being possessed, you know, like you're possessed by a mission, by an art, by a science, by something, by a cause. And that's so important, you know, and when I see especially the young climate activists, um, the racial justice advocates here in the United States, like I am so blown away by their commitment. It's like nothing matters but this one thing, and that's so beautiful, and we need that so much right now. Ecolution. Don't forget to subscribe to Ecolution wherever you get your podcasts for updates. And while you're there, we'd love if you could write a review. It makes a difference. Actually, if you don't want to write a review, share the one thing you tried to do better for the planet this week. Thanks. See you in the next episode. Solution was produced by Nikki Cotton for RTE Junior Radio. This is our RTE Junior Radio.